EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM G'day, g'day. Uh, it should sound the same to you. Although, actually, you know, I'm using the Roadcaster Duo, the mini version of the uh, podcast studio that I think is the greatest Australian creation in the history of Australian creations. But that's very niche because I'm a podcaster. But I am using the pod mic uh, from Rode now as well. So uh, it should sound better, to be honest, because the, the better mic from Rode that I've been using is actually kind of it was angled wrongly for me. So it was never right at this desk where I'm sitting. Uh, lots to get through today. I'm just going to go calls, 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 because there's a lot of them, uh, a lot of emails to get through this week. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded the EFTM app and got in touch. Thank you for reading what's going on at EFTM and for listening and watching to the things we do. Um, it is all happening. Uh, good times, though. Um, we've got a busy month ahead. Uh, I'm freaking out that it's the 8th of August already, and uh, I leave on the 28th for Berlin, and I am then stranded in, <laughs> in Europe. For a week, if rumours are to be believed, that Apple's event is not going to be until the second week of September. So uh, I am debating with Stig what to do. He has a wedding he can go to, which he wasn't going to get to. And I have a mate in Spain who I went to high school with and we were best mates in uh, in Griffith. And frankly, I-, I might go and see him and just stay and turn his golf resort into a home office uh, for for a week. I don't know. It's... it's you know, it's just not bloody easy to coordinate life when you um, don't have an assistant next to you. People say to me often, they say, you should get an assistant. I'm like, where am I getting the money for that, firstly? Secondly, I mean, I don't think anyone could understand the emails I get and work out what needs to be done with them, let alone I'm way too controlling to have someone to go to someone, listen, um, after Berlin, just make it happen so I end up in at Ian's place and then we'll go back to Paris and we'll leave from, from there. Like, it's just not going to make any sense. Is it going to be right airlines? I'm just, I'm a control freak. And that's probably why I work alone. And yes, I'm referring to a lot of history. Uh, anyway, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about tech. If you've got a question about tech, a problem with tech, uh, happy to help. That's what this podcast is all about and has been since pff, October 2009 uh, was when I started Your Tech Life. And you've been able to subscribe to this very feed since then. Can you believe that? Um, what does that make it? Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13. So it'll be 14 years at the end of uh, October this year. Woo! Um, just, you know, doing our best to keep the dream alive. And uh, if you're looking for the latest tech news and information, that's Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, you can search that up on Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you are. Uh, or if you're listening to this show in the Two Blokes Talking Tech feed, thank you. Lovely to have your company. And uh, let's just put down everything and let's go straight to call. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you very much for listening. Let's get going with calls. Natalie's on the line. G'day, Natalie. How are you doing? Hey, how are you, Trevor? Yeah, really good. What can I do for you? I was just wanting to know what's the best app for um, saving your passwords in. Where? What sort of devices do you use in your life? Yeah, I'm on an iPhone um, 14 Pro, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I've been saving um, my all my passwords in notes, which I know is a really bad thing. But I want to just, you know, secure them up in um, an app. Yep. So, firstly, yes, you're right. Notes not a great idea, but do me a favour no. and just lock that note. You know, you can lock notes with a pass with your face nope. and with your fingerprint. So, well, in your case, with the face on an iPhone 14. So. 
uh, I think you're going options of that note. And, uh, yeah, there's an option there to, to kind of lock the note. So even if by chance you're at a bar and you had your phone out and you showed someone a photo and they swiped and went into the notes app, by the way, you can stop people doing that. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, and then they yeah. looked at your notes. They would need to unlock that note. They would need you again to authenticate. So that's a pretty cool way of uh, protecting something like that. Um, what other devices yep. do, you, do you use? Do you have a laptop? Do you Like where else do you use your passwords? Um, usually on my laptop, yeah, and I've also got a iPad Pro. Okay. And as well. is your so, laptop yeah. a Mac or a PC? Mac. So you kind I'm of I'm a real Apple, real yeah, Apple girl. Exactly. You're, yeah. you're beautifully baked yeah. into the Apple ecosystem. What <laughs> yes, I would what I, I would recommend is is letting Apple handle everything. If you're across the Apple ecosystem, Apple will ask if you want to um, save the password in Safari and in a whole range of apps. And when you do that, when you next go to log in, you put in, say, your email address and then it'll actually prompt you to just click a button and put in your password, which will use your face, authenticate, which then what that does is, it, is the authentication unlocks your password storage on your phone and drags it out and, and lets Safari input your password basically. So, And it carries across all your, all your devices. So it'll be on your iPad, your, your, uh, your, your computer, everything. So... I, okay. I personally use Chrome, Google Chrome, for that because I sometimes use a PC or an Android device or whatever. But it's the same concept. Uh, Safari is strongly and and through encryption storing your passwords. Uh, and, yeah, it's the safest and smartest way to go without even needing an app because here's the thing. There's plenty of apps that will do it. Um, funny thing is some of them have been hacked. <laughs> so um, why roll the dice on another third party when you can – yeah, I think you're better off just using Safari and Apple to record yep. everything on what they call Keychain. Okay, cool. That's great. So I don't think be I was afraid. Thinking a little bit old school. Yeah. yeah, and well, yeah, and I think a lot of people see the prompts from Apple that says, "Do you want us to save this?" And you're like, "Nah, nah." But essentially, what I'm saying is, with Google and Apple, um, I have faith and trust in them, so I would happily support you doing that. And that also allows you to do do one other thing, which is when you sign up to a new service. You get the option of sometimes Apple will say, I'll, I'll suggest a password for you. And it's some stupidly long, ludicrous password you'd never remember in your life. But the, yeah, thing is, yeah. the thing is, if Apple creates that password for you with, you know, website XYB, then that password is so strong that no one's ever going to hack your XYB account. But also, you'll never need to type it because it's stored in your Apple phone. So, It'll work on your iPad, your laptop, and your computer. So you can actually take the option of letting Apple choose a strong password for you, and then, hey, presto, you're off and running. Sounds good. And by the I'll, way, I if will you, take that up. It's always scared me out. It's always freaked me out a little bit. I always get a little bit scared of that and think, oh, I have to do my own password. But yeah, now that you've shed some light on that, I'll definitely um, consider doing that instead. And keep an eye on Apple. Uh, they often have a pop-up message in Safari sometimes that says, um, like this many passwords have been compromised. Uh, so like I'm on my uh, my Mac right now and if I go into settings and then passwords, there's a thing called security recommendations and it tells me gotcha. that there are 188 recommendations for me in terms of basically I've had some compromised or some, some crappy passwords. And then I'm not saying I'm going to change them all in one day. That would be wild. But just if you spend yeah. half an hour a week just going, okay, I'm going to update some passwords, the, 
this part of the settings on an, on a on a Mac allows you then to go to the website and change that. Go to the website and change that password. And one by one, you'll get through them really, really well. Awesome. All Thanks right. so much. Put your Chris. trust in it's Apple. Great. That's why they spend so much money marketing themselves as privacy strong, is that they want you to do that. Yeah. All right. Good on you. Excellent. No worries. Thanks Have a great so much, day. Trev. Cheers. Yeah, you too. See you. No ya. worries at all. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a funny thing. And Google started advertising the same thing. And as I said, I, I probably have most passwords are saved in both Safari and Chrome in that same methodology. But like there's a, there's a recommendation if you've got a Mac, go to settings, search security, and there'll be one called password security recommendations. And like it's wild how many there are there. And it says to you why why it is. Uh, trying to find a website I can read out. Um but it's interesting. It's not because – so, for example, my sports bet account. Uh, it says this password has appeared in a data leak. Um, and it also says you're also reusing this password on 99 other – more than 99 websites. So it's basically saying, listen, Trev, get yourself together, okay? Change it. Uh, now, that one I have. So in Chrome, it doesn't know that I've changed that, but I have already changed that one. But if I click on this, it opens, it says change password on website. So I go in and do that and it takes me directly to that website, easy to manage, easy to monitor, and I can change the password with ease. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really great way of, uh, of sorting that out. And there's a whole bunch of other things you can do there in terms of the verification codes and different things that are coming. So, yeah, put your faith in Apple and Google and it's not a bad way to go. The EFTM podcast, Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you have a tech question, you know where to go, EFTM.com. Steve's on the line. G'day, Steve. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, so uh, I've got a, an, app, uh, an Apple iPad Pro yep. from yep. a couple of years ago, and I subscribed to Microsoft Office to mm. get Excel to use, um, and it's basically nine nine dollars 99 a month uh. is there anything out there that's pretty much for free knowing knowing uh, in the media has been about the subscriptions and how we can limit them mate is there anything you know, out there that if i can save you 10 bucks a month i feel like a, a happy man but i'm sure there's more subscriptions in your life but let's start with that one um so my yes, alternatives yes. i i pay mm. for office 365 i think it's called um i don't know why now that i think about it um, one of the number one things is my, when, when Stephen and I do the movie podcast, he sends me the rundown as a, as a word doc. And even though I can open that in other, uh, other applications, it just never looks the same as in, in word. So I'm a bit narky about it, but anyway, I, I probably should just look at it in other ways, but the two that I would recommend to you to just play around with for the next month and then go, right, it's good enough to cancel, um, mm -hmm. pages, numbers, and I think they call it sheets. No, pages, numbers. Yeah, pages and numbers. So pages is is, yep. more, is is like Word, but on an Apple. And numbers is is Excel, but made by Apple. And I, I'm yep. looking at numbers right now. So I, uh, behind uh, Inside Baseball, I download uh, all the emails that I got from the website during the week, and I open it up in, in – it's a CSV file. I open it up in numbers, and it's just like Excel, you know, columns, rows, move it around, formulas. The formulas are all the same. It's easy to use. Perfect. Um it's, it's like it's slightly different. It, it doesn't look exactly the same, but you learn pretty quickly how it works. 
but certainly opening and viewing documents, very easy. And that, and the other one is Google, Google Docs. So Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides. Uh, Google oh, Sheets. Google Docs, yes. Google, yes. Google Docs, That's if you've got a Google account, there it is, done, free. Um, Google Sheets is the the Excel you know Im- import, and you can literally take an Excel file and just go, I want to import it. Like it, there's an import button under File, and you take an Excel spreadsheet and you go. I haven't made an Excel spreadsheet since I think I worked at SBS. Uh, all my budgeting, all <laughs> of my, yeah, everything is in Excel. So and I uh, in sorry is in Microsoft. What am I saying? Google uh, Docs under their spreadsheets. Uh, and mate, it works perfectly. Uh, sheets.google.com. I just go there and then all the spreadsheets that I'm part of or, uh, you know, that I share with other people, um, they're all there for me to view and my budget's right there. I can click on it, update it, do my thing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I think Google is probably the, uh, the better alternative, but it's different because it's, uh, less app based, although there are apps. So you can definitely download the Google uh, Sheets and Google Docs app onto your iPad, and yeah, man, you'll you'll be flying. And I, I'm pretty confident. And I, what I would say to you is, don't cancel today. Spend a month, you know, opening in both, and then go. <laughs> what does it look like? How's it different? Because, like, if you're someone that's opening Word, um, Excel Docs, creating pivot tables, and you know, like really heavy graphs and all that, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's not as good, but. If you're someone who's opening a spreadsheet to see the information in the spreadsheet and maybe edit it, save it, and send it back to people, I think you're um, I think you're completely fine with either or the, both of those solutions, my man. Is is the Google Docs uh, that's free as well, isn't it? Yeah. So or look, is it, uh... I I pay for a Google account under what they call Google Workspace or Google Suite. I don't know what's called these days. They change the name every three weeks, but I'm pretty confident with any Gmail account you get. Google Docs, yeah? There's no okay. subscription. Because I did um, subscribe. You know how you were talking about Google Photos? Yep. Well, I, I did it. I did it last week, and I loved it. And, and I thought, you know, because I listen to you guys all the time, and I thought, great, Google Photos, that's the place to be yep. for, for photos. So if that's oh, – I do pay the two ninety nine. I think it's $2.99 or something a month for that. I got the 100, 100 – um, is it 100 gig? I think what you're paying the, for there is simply storage. And, mate, uh, spreadsheets yes, and documents right. are not taking up space. So that's if right. I look at my so my, my list, it doesn't even doesn't even list them by size, to be honest. It doesn't even list – doesn't even tell you how big they are because it's, it's irrelevant Brilliant. to them basically. Um, look, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that, but I am pretty confident that a basic Gmail account gets access to um, the Google Docs suite. And from there you're off and running. Brilliant. So you get um, – Docs, Sheets, Slides is PowerPoint, and Forms is making forms. So you can, you know, do little polls and things for people. And and to be honest, I use Slides on a daily basis. So any pitch decks or, you know, anything I'm doing that's a, that would used to be in a PowerPoint presentation, Google Slides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just do it all there. Brilliant. Download as a PDF, send Brilliant. it to someone. It's, mate, it's it's awesome. Brilliant. So, mate, enjoy Good the stuff. Google ecosystem. And the next thing you need to do, and I, I spoke about this one on the Today Show this week, the app I use is yep. called Get Reminded. Um, bit of life admin, find a you know rainy Sunday afternoon or you know an evening where there's nothing on TV or whatever. Sit down and enter in some bills. Now, start with streaming. Just start with subscriptions. You go, right, I'm subscribed to KO, Stan, Disney, whatever. Write them all down. 
go to your bank statements, mm-hmm. whatever, put all put it all in. And and firstly, it sends you a reminder email every month before you're about to be billed. Because Netflix doesn't send you an email saying, thanks, we took your money this month. They don't. So what Get Reminded does is it gives you a little prompt every month to say, you know what, I'm going to get charged again. Have I been using that? Maybe I'm going to cancel it. And the other thing it does is in the app, at a glance, you can see what you're spending per year on each service and per year on streaming and subscriptions overall. And it'll freak you out. (laughs) And it'll make you think, you know what, maybe I could use this one for three months, that one for three months, and this one for three months and actually be a bit more efficient with my with my bucks. That's right. Yes. All that's, right, buddy. That's what I was – thank you very much. No worries, Thanks mate. for the advice. Good luck. Thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully it uh, it works out perfectly for you. Let me know how you go. Yeah. Excellent. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks, Trev. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. See, see yeah, no worries. Um, <clears throat> it's fascinating, isn't it, because – these things exist. It's like, okay, so I pay for Adobe um, Creative Cloud. Um, and it's a lot of money. I think it's like 70 bucks a month. That's Photoshop, Adobe Audition, uh, and Adobe Premiere Pro. Now, Premiere Pro, I don't really use much at all anymore. I use now DaVinci Resolve, which is free, Australian app, brilliant. And I've got a studio version because I bought some Blackmagic gear. Photoshop, I use less and less because I'm using Canva, which is also a paid subscription. Um, but it's Australian and it's just better and different in many ways, but I'm still using Photoshop now and then for really simple things like resizing images and stuff like that. So I know there's, I think Affinity Photo is probably my solution there. And uh, Adobe Audition, there's definitely free versions of that kind of software. But again, my like, this is how I make money, right? I do podcasts, so I, I don't want to skimp on that. So It'd be fascinating to do a list. And you know what? I probably should do it. I might talk to my amazing bookkeeper, Sue, and say, let's let's just get a list of every recurring charge, every single recurring charge. And it's probably going to really freak me out. And then actually go, oh, I'm going to sign up for things just to do segments like AI software that I'm probably still paying for and just delete some of them. Because I think if you sit down and do that little bit of life admin, you might realize how things that exist that you're not you don't even remember signing up for let alone you don't realize you're paying for so uh yeah get on that and while we're at it um thank you to everyone who downloaded the eftm app this week um i gave it a little mention on the today show just you know it was an app segment why not and we we rocketed to number three on the news charts which pretty much is just a chart based on downloads and because it got a uh, uh, an unusual spike of activity. It went really well. So it's still in the top 10 on the iOS app charts. I haven't got an Android phone near me, but hopefully a few people download it there as well. And the Android app, by the way, is working again. Neither of them are still a million percent perfect, but um, they're a lot faster than they were. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still loving having them. And I've got a few ideas about things we can do to them. And um, as we settle back in and business starts to get a little bit better, um, we'll look at doing some changes and updates and we'll get back into the competitions and giveaways and all that stuff as well. So there's a bit going on. I'm just a bit busy and not focused on that stuff right now. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Trevor Long, taking your calls. Michael's on the line. G'day, Michael. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. What can okay, I do for um, you? I am. 
I had a question regarding Google Pixel 7 Pros. Yeah, what, have you got one? And you said it, Pros. Have you got multiple ones? No, no, no. Sorry, Pros. No, just Pros. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mum said. No, um, with mine, now, I had one when I used to be with Optus and everything. And back then, it, it, it would charge up okay. And then every now and then, it would lose charge overnight as if it was decharging itself. So hypothetically, I sort of like told Optus, right, pulled the pin. I went back to Telstra and I got myself one through them and the phone does the same thing. So, so hang on, when you say decharger, so you're using a, a power, a wide charger or wireless? Oh, no, wireless. Sorry, wireless. So we're just sitting and, on wireless. And so and it's, you, and you sit it down when you go to bed and, yep. um, and, and what you're saying is when you wake up, it's not at 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like if you looked at it, say, all right, if you wake yourself up, oh, I do half and half up through the night. I don't sleep too good. So if I wake up, say, one o'clock in the morning, it might read 100%. But by the time I went back to sleep, say, if I go back to sleep and then wake up again, it's lost 5% or whatever. It'd be sitting at 95, 92, whatever. Yeah. And um, I've even bought new charges and it does exactly the same thing, no matter what. So it's a so, feature. It's actually a feature of the phone. <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure. Is it? No, it is. I'm I'm betting any money. It's it's what they call adaptive charging. So, <clears throat> how long after you uh, had the phone have you put up with this problem? Like, is it still happening today? Have you still got the phone today? Um, no, I actually got sick of the darn thing. I'm sorry. After and, how and long? I traded the back in. Um, six months. Six months. Okay. Well, that's a long time. So, what happens yeah. is the devices. A lot of devices do this, but they learn your habits. Uh, and, and the number one thing they don't do, a lot of most modern battery devices, is they don't continue to draw charge because, mm. A, that's bad for the battery, uh, and, B, it's dangerous, mm. right? So you've seen all these, you know, uh, scooters catching on fire and stuff like that. That's because they don't mm. have the smarts to go, why am I still on charge? I've got a full battery. <laughs> and so what your phone is doing is going, I'm full. Like, see you later, right? And it's it's stopping taking charge. If you were to take it off the charger – and put it back on, it would go back up to 100%, and then again it would stop yes. and it would come down again. <clears throat> but it's doing it for its own health and theoretically your safety. But what it should have done, I think, and I'm pretty sure Samsung does this, is it learns your usage. So it learns that you get up pretty much, you know, 6, 7 in the morning every morning. And so what it'll do is it'll actually, instead of taking a full charge by 10 p.m., It'll just trickle itself and then it'll take most of its charge in that last hour before you get up so that when you get up, it's at 100%. So, but it is a yes. thing you can turn off. So it's under battery and adaptive preferences and there's a setting called adaptive battery. I would turn that off and see whether it works, but you say you don't have the Pixel anymore. No, 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 because, um, yeah, it drove me mad. Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm, right now, at the moment, I'm using what I used to call my emergency phone, which is an old Samsung S7 Edge. Wow, that is it. old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, yeah, I know, but um, the dancing has actually been better than half the phones I've had <laughs> in the past. <laughs> and, and, and that holds the charge. Like you said, that actually yeah. holds the charge right through. Yep. And I do notice with the Edge, even when I actually had a couple of iPhones, that they took longer to charge over the whole night and they would be at 100% when you woke up the next morning. So that probably works in with what you said about 
they slowly charge up to 100%. Yeah, well, the difference with the S7 would be it just simply doesn't have the the fastest charging capacity, so it would actually be charging slower naturally. Mm, Um, mm, Often in mm. Android, the thing I do is I look at the battery graph in Android, and when you you dig into the settings and the battery and the daily graph, it'll actually show you in a different color when it was on charge and when it wasn't, and that might help you understand when it's pulling charge. But in, in essence, mate, I mean, if you're happy with your S7, are you still looking for a, for a new phone? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm wait, I'm I'm in two minds whether to go fold five, uh-huh. right, or wait for an Apple, or wait for the Apple 15 because right now you can't get an Apple iPhone 14 one TB in if you want a one. Really? And Telstra just don't. Yeah, you Telstra just don't have them. And, yeah. and even the 512s, yep. they're, 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 they're at the OS on those. So whether that's because the 15 is coming out in a couple of months, I don't know. Mm. And, and everything. So yeah, I'm sort of I'm like. Do I Mate, go that now is too. That is a very bold. Like you've gone from uh, S7 Edge to Pixels, and then your <laughs> options are Fold and iPhone. You're either leaving the Android family, or you're going to the absolute, you know, extent of the family into the Fold. That's a that's a radical move. Have you held one of those? Put it in your pocket. Understood how big it oh, is yeah. and what it does. Yeah, yeah. I had a Fold Four, and I loved it. Oh, okay, right. For a while. Right. And, and and because I'm I'm mostly Google. On, on, on my computer and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, damn it, I'm better off having the having the Pixel. And I was struggling a little bit, so I traded the Fold in and went Pixel And uh, uh, because I don't use the Samsung side of the phones, really, mm. and all. And, Michael, um, Michael, how many how often are you trading in your phones, mate? Have you got, like, some secret deal with Telstra? You're burning through cash <laughs> no, no. or phones. No, 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 no. It's just what happened that, like, just – um, financial a little bit, and you know what that I was I was struggling a little bit. So, Samsung, I think Tesla went. You can have seven hundred and fifty dollars or whatever. No, nine hundred and fifty. Mm. Trade in the fold. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's good to go on the bill. So I did that part of it. Went for the Pixel, which was um sixty something dollars cheaper. Yeah. Uh, uh, per per month and, and everything, and uh, and and I did that sort of part of it. But right, right because it was just driving me mad with the charge, and yeah. it's a shame I didn't speak to you prior to trading it in. What do you reckon yeah, you're paying per yeah. month on your Telstra bill? Um, right now. Yeah. Counting uh, counting what HROs I've got plus MBN three hundred and six. H what's a HRO? Handset repayment. Yeah, 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 or yeah, or hardware repayment option, whichever way you want to call it. Anyway, right. so that's actually that's that that's me watch. Um, I, I am still paying for the um, well, I say it was the yeah. the Pixel mm. and, and the and, and the um and the internet. Mate, you know, there's a lot of money to be saved if you break the yeah, back. Yeah, if you yeah. break the back of any contracts that you're on, my man, there's mm. a lot of money to be saved. You know, I think that oh, yeah. you, you shouldn't be spending more than really $100 a month, maybe 150 on internet and mobile combined. So, you know, like 99 for internet and, you know, 40 for, for mobile and then handset on top of that. So I think you need to get to a point where you can, you can afford to somehow buy a phone outright. Now, whether that is t- compromising and getting something slightly different for a couple of years, that allows you to save that, mate, couple of hundred dollars a month there. It's huge money, huge, huge money, huge money. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, right now, Telstra's going to ring me back on um, Tuesday coming, and we're going to, and the lady's going to see whether I can cancel me MBN 
and I can actually have in, um, internet and mobile for $82 a month. So that's a big saving of $60-odd straight away from that part of it yeah. and, and all. Yeah, just remember and, and that, that was, when what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to use Telstra, 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 4G, 5G, so that you're not on the MBN, so that it's better for them. It's more in their hip pocket. What I want you to do before you sign any contract with Telstra about changing your plan, right, is I want you to find out what it would cost to be with another telco. So what is your what is your NBN cost today with Telstra? Do you, do you know that number? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, at the moment, my NBN is eighty dollars a month. Eighty dollars a month, and and yeah, but that's un, that, that's unlimited. But as I, and um, then my calls, well, on my mobile, and and the HROs I got. So yeah. if I, as I said, this lady said, if we can cancel the NBN, she puts me on a, I forget what the damn thing was called. Some, some calls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but the the, the it, it's for eighty two dollars a month. I get one hundred and ninety gig of data because I don't use like any. I don't stream really, and um and my calls are, are in that price for eighty two dollars, which is internet plus calls. And I and because I've got the modem already, a, a portable one, just send me a SIM card and bang, put it in, and and, and away I go. So as I said, if it, if it saves me sixty sixty odd bucks, well then yeah, well, no, you know, but anyway, I'm I'm all all yeah. for you saving money, mate. So I wish you the best with that. I uh, I think that uh, hopefully next time you get a device like the Pixel or the Samsung, uh, the the more modern ones, you can have a look at that adaptive battery and just search for that. Turn that off if it's frustrating you, and I think you'll have a good time mm. with the phone, mate. All right. Good luck, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no worries. Um, any answer on, on that second part of the question? What was that? Remind me. Uh, um, it was the, what, what phone do you prefer? I think that's what I asked you. Well, look, I if think that wasn't too personal, mate. It's super, it is, it's not personal, it's just subjective. Like, I, I was using, mate, I absolutely loved the Samsung Galaxy Flip. I just love it. It's a, I love the phone, no. I love the form factor, I love using it. And if they, I reviewed it on a Friday, if they didn't want it back, I would still be using it today, but I've gone straight back to the iPhone. And you know, there's things there's things about the iPhone that I just utterly love, and a lot of it is just the app experience in many ways. But for me, it is literally fifty fifty down the wire. And I always say, look, if I if this whole you know dream comes to an end and I don't you know have this job for much longer, and I had to go and buy a phone, I'll tell you what I'd be doing. I'd be spending five six hundred dollars on an Oppo or a you know cheap Samsung. And I would be, yeah. I would not be buying a two thousand dollar phone at, at, at all. I just wouldn't do it. So yeah, I, I, I read your review on the flip. Actually, I was reading that this morning. It's a cracker. It's a great phone, mate. Yeah, yeah. Really good. The phone. um, do you, do you one one quick thing? Do you think half the people around that have their phones, like especially the new Samsungs and and the iPhones from about, I think it was money from say thirteen up, yeah. don't know half the features. Oh, 100%. Well, even if you know them, you probably don't, you probably know that your camera does X, Y, Z, but you don't use it. Like, this is the yeah. thing. What do you, what do you need? But people want to carry around with them something that might, that will do the thing they might want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like having a car that goes 0 to 100 in 2.3 seconds. I'm sorry. When is that relevant? Ever. Like it's illegal yeah. to do that at the lights. So yeah. when are you ever using that? Oh, that's that's my challenge that's, with t- with gadgets. Yeah. Well, those ones that drive and you see them handling the phones and you think your phone's got call, um, oh, all, automatic call, call answer. Yep. 
in everything. Bluetooth. You know, you're, if you're in phone. a car that was built in 2015 onwards, let alone a little bit before that, and you have got your phone to your ear, you deserve to be punished more yes. than someone who doesn't have Bluetooth. Like if your car yes. has Bluetooth built in, then it's outrageous that you're holding your phone and talking on it. It's outrageous. Yeah. yeah. And even if you've got um, iPod buds or whatever, but most phones now have got automatic answer, mm. especially yep. all the Samsung and all the new phones, yep. iPhones from 13 up, especially, yep. you can set your phone to answer a call without picking up the phone. And, and mine's, this one's got that. I did that with you. Yep. You rang me. I didn't, I didn't even touch my phone. My phone answers within two Boom. seconds automatically. And, and, and away I'll go. And the cops like, don't have to pull me up if I'm driving because no. I'm not picking up your phone, you, you know. And you can say, hey, Google or, or hey, Siri or whatever, can you send Trevor a message or sort of thing or whatever you want to do. Yeah. I don't understand it with people these days. 100%. Yeah, 70 bucks or 80 bucks and you're on debt and it saves you getting a $400 ticket, you, you know. Anyway. Kids today and, yeah. and mainly adults. <laughs> Uh, good on you, Michael. I appreciate you getting in touch, mate, and I hope you have some uh, luck with that bill and your, and your phones in the future. Good on you, mate. All right. Thank you very much. It was nice to talk to you. Cheers, mate. And you. Thank you. So there you go. Um, that was a lot more than I anticipated it to be. Um, and I like I could dig, obviously. $306 a month is a lot of money. And to even know what a HRO is, like H handset repayment, I mean – just feels like there's a lot of money being spent there on, yeah, there's a lot of money to save. That worries me a bit, but I'm sure Michael's getting that under control. So good luck, my man. And uh, hopefully that adaptive battery actually helps you in the future rather than annoying you. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Travel along, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Kurt's on the line. G'day, Kurt. How you going, Trev? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you, mate? Uh, I was just looking at uh, changing telcos at the moment. All right, Trying to save some coin? Save some money wherever we can. Everything's going up these days, so, yeah. What are you, what are you, what are you doing now? How much are you paying now for uh, for your mobile phone? Um, wife's on a small plan, but with Optus, so paying about 80 bucks, I think, for the month for 22 contracts. And then I've got MBN on top of that as well. So I think it's about $160 all, all up for the whole lot for the month. And so 80 bucks is for two phones, two two plans, two SIM cards, et cetera. Just two SIM cards, yeah. I took the phones over, so and the numbers, uh, yeah, just the con- just the SIMs. And what do you uh, – are you happy with Op- Optus? You want to stay with Optus because they're, they're working for you wherever you are? Ah, look, they're pretty good. They've upgraded towers around me and in the suburb and all that sort of stuff. So I had a dead zone before in the house, but it's all gone now. Oh, and that's nice. Tell, you know, tell us to charge a fortune. So um, daughter's on a Macium. Yeah, right. And what sort of data are you uh, using each per month, do you reckon? Uh, the house would be the main one. So Well, let's talk mobiles you. first. Let's talk mobiles. What do you reckon? Uh, mobiles, I think we got about... Oh, 30 gig, I think it is, between us for the month. That you're and using or you have to use? No, nah, we have to use. I use probably even half of that between us for the month. That's it. So your wife could probably get away with like six gig a month? She probably could, yeah, because she's mainly mainly at home using the, yep. the Wi-Fi. So. so the first one that comes to mind um, outside of Amazing, and we'll get to them in a second, is circles.life. Yep. 
Um, yep. They're um, they're on they're on the Optus network. They're basically their their big thing is they're just an app telco. There's no bloody call. Good luck with the call center. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're 100 percent online. But they've they've got all the contact centers. It's, it's pretty good anyway. So they've got a fifteen dollar a month plan for six gig, and twenty five for thirty gig. So you'd get yep. thirty. She'd get six. What are we paying there? Thirty. That's forty bucks. So yeah. we've halved your um, we've halved your mobile bill straight off the bat. Uh, May sim. Yeah. Um, I like Amazim because they have uh, longer expiry plans still, I'm pretty sure. And that's actually yeah. the best way to get value is to do a six or 12-month buy. So mm. with Amazim, you could do, um, I'm looking at it now, 60 gigabytes for 12 months, which is just a little bit less than six gig a month for 100 bucks. Yep. So I reckon that's going to yeah. suit your wife. So that's, that's $100 for the year for your wife. And then let's yeah. say you went 200 gig for the year, and mm. they're doing that for 179. Yeah, that's so, what I was looking at the other day. So, mate, yeah. 100 plus 179 divided by 12. That didn't work. My calculator's just rubbish, obviously. I don't know how to use one. <laughs> 100 plus 179 is a total of 279 for the year. Divided by mm. 12 is $23 a month if you average it out. Yeah. You're mad not to change. Mad. That's the go, isn't it? Now, with your mobile, your home, it, what did you say, 70, 80 bucks a month for home. Honestly, mm. that's not bad. Mm. It's really not. Um, Aussie Broadband have, you know, good deals, but, you know, 80 bucks a month, I don't know that you're going to get anything pretty good that's close to that. You probably don't nah. have a fast plan, is my guess. You're probably paying for the 50 slash 20 speed. Um yep. Which at Aussie Broadband you get for eighty bucks. So, yeah. just check with Optus. What speed are we paying for? That's the number one yep. question, right? What speed am I paying for? And then go to Aussie Broadband and check how much they charge for that same speed. And that's your simple yep. comparison. And also make sure that you're not getting a deal because you've got the mobile plans. Because if you brush yeah. Optus and go to Amazim, you don't want that mobile bill to go up. Yeah, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, cool, definitely. So yeah, I know. I had, Go on. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Oh, I had um, MBM check near my joint. We're a lot. Our house is literally right opposite the box outside. So he, the guy that installed us, said we can get bloody over a hundred something stupid. Um, what what's that rated at? Um, MPS or whatever it is per yeah, second. Yeah, hundred megabits per second. Yeah. Yeah, we can get over that. So I checked my um my thing the other day and like the front doorbell, we're, we're smashing that thing at about 60 at the moment just yeah, for the right. Wi-Fi off that. So we're getting pretty good. Yeah, we get pretty good Wi-Fi. Well, you must be getting, you must be paying then for the hundred. If you're getting 60 anywhere, you must be paying mm. for the hundred. So I would say you're on mm. a great deal for your internet. I'm worried that it's bundled with your phones though. <laughs> so. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's totally separate. Um, yeah, I made sure of that because I already got the MBN to start yeah. with, um, yeah. and then I was going through all this thing with uh, Vodafone at the time, and, and it's just just a headache that was. And um, then I, I finally just ported the numbers over. I had phones, and I said bye, catch you later, <laughs> <laughs> and, and went over went over to Optus. So yeah, they just combined it in one bill, but there's two bills that come through for the month. Right? Yeah. Do you perfect. know what I mean? No, yeah. that's fine. Well, mate, I think I think you're on a winner. Then I think you're doing the right thing. You know, you got a good network with Optus, so. Just yep. find a different provider of that network, which is in this case yep. a Maysim on a on an annual mm. basis. And the thing mm. is that that's a good deal right now. So it's like a um, you know one off offer. In fact, it ends in a month in in twenty days. So 
both those yeah. those prices, although they're still super cheap regardless, you're saving about 50 bucks for the year by signing up now with a Mason. Yeah, yeah. Nah, sounds, I was going to look at that. And sounds like, like a plan. Like you happy, say, happy wife, uh, mate. The wife will be happy when, when you're saving money, although you don't have to uh, tell her you could spend it on beer. <laughs> yeah, so when I change over and she'll be like, ah, oh, cool, no worries. Yeah. You won't notice a thing. Just take a take nah. a SIM card one day and tell her a phone won't work for half an hour and she sorted. it. Yeah, uh, she'll be, she'll be all good with that. Uh, good on you. Nah. And like you said, I heard you I heard you this morning on Luke as well. So like, mm. like you said there, we're all gonna go satellite soon, hopefully with Optus, so we're laughing. Mate, you're 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 a front runner, right? You'll be ready to go. I just wonder whether they're yeah. gonna charge more for that. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. see. We'll, wait yeah. and see. And, we'll see. And happens. and will it be available to Amazium customers? Probably not. You know what I mean? There'll be little things like that. So just yeah. save the money now while you can. Will do. Good on you, mate. Thanks for uh thanks for getting in touch and get back to your meeting. <laughs> Ah, uh, will do. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Um, he was in a meeting, uh, Kurt, when I when I got in touch, and I said, mate, just brush the meeting. <laughs> so we did. Uh, he's uh, listening to the Triple M Night Shift with Luke Boner every night, midnight till 5.30 a.m., and I'm on with Luke uh, at least once a week on Tuesdays at 4.45 a.m., one, uh, one of my regular spots, and I love talking to Luke because he's got great listeners like Kurt, um, who are just salt of the earth everyday Aussies, who are just trying to save a buck. And, uh, yeah, get things done. So good stuff. And uh, you can be like Kurt. You can get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. All right. Thank you for listening. Great to have your company. If you're uh, looking to buy something, you've got some tech advice, you've got a problem with tech, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Anton did that. G'day, Anton. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Okay, I am not up on TVs. They've changed a bit. I'm looking to buy a 65-inch uh, t- uh, TV. Um, I don't want to spend a fortune, but I want to get something that's worth buying. Um, I've inquired at the lower end of eight, 900 bucks, and it's not much, but I'm starting to gather that for about two grand, you can get into something quite nice. Yeah, and, and just um, before we get into the, the options... Tell me why you've sat landed on 65 as the size. Uh, I'm staying with a friend and they got a 65 and it fits in the room nice. And you can sit from a good distance. Uh, and I don't think it's too big. And obviously I don't think it's too small either. Right. But you wouldn't consider a 75 just for giggles because like, it makes a massive difference. Like. Every 10 inches is, feels like so much more than 10 inches is all I'm saying. So what I would say to you is just before you make a decision, just measure that space and just go, could I push it a little? That's all. Because you can get some great TVs at all those prices. So let, let's say we top it out at, you know, two grand, right? Let's say we're, we're pushing ourselves to go to two grand. Then there's some high quality TVs in that range. You know, Hisense have um, a 65-inch uh, from this year, this year's model, the 7 Series, at $2,000. Beautiful mini LED TV, 2023 model, like great pick, okay? They also have, yep. for reference, last year's mini LED TV, 75-inch, for pretty much the same price, two grand. So just right. for reference, for two grand, you can get a 75-inch TV. Right? That's all I wanted to leave in your mind. But if you were going to okay, go yeah. 65 inch, then the, the brands I would consider you look at pretty much immediately at two grand are Hisense, TCL, and 
there is a nice Sony Bravia at that same price. So Hisense, TCL, and Sony Bravia, the benefit of the Hisense and the TCL are they're what's called mini LED. And you mentioned TVs have changed a lot, right? Mini LED yep. is, is the latest lighting technology. It's nowhere near yet as good as OLED, but it is remarkably better than a standard LED. And it basically means there's more lighting zones, better contrast between the blacks and colours, and I would choose a mini LED over an LED every day of the week if you had the chance. Okay, that sounds wonderful. By any chance, could I... I want a soundbar. Should you match the brands? Or I've heard the Samsung Q800C is very good. Look, Samsung make beautiful soundbars. No question. Um, the Q800C is a $1,000 soundbar. So... You know, you're paying this. You're paying half the price of the TV for a soundbar. That's my only kind of reservation right there. But if I was gonna spend money on a soundbar at that level, I would get a JBL. There's two I'd, I'd give you to consider: the JBL Bar 500, which is a single bar and a subwoofer for 600 bucks, and the JBL Bar 800, which is a single bar subwoofer, but the ends of the soundbar remove they detach and you can sit them behind you for real rear sound for 800 bucks mate i would buy that in a heartbeat okay wonderful that sounds good jbl bar 800 you plug it in with a hdmi or an optical cord you sync up the tv it's a absolute game changer it'll make mate that high sense or tcl mini led tvs unbelievable with that sound bar all right that sounds like me. Beautiful. Well, happy shopping, Anton. All right. Thanks for your time, Trevor, and appreciate your knowledge. You're lucky, Duck. Enjoy. See you, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Good on you. Um, I love going shopping. So, yeah, I love uh, uh, shopping vicariously through other people. <laughs> um, but isn't it interesting that Anton was willing to spend a 1000 bucks on a soundbar and two grand on a TV? You know, you think if you'd stretch yourself to two grand, you might be a little bit less inclined to spend that much money on um, on a soundbar. But no, not to be. Thank you, Anton. And uh, let's um, let's see what he ends up buying. I wonder. We'll see. All right, time for another call. Raymond's on the line. G'day, Raymond. How are you doing? Very good, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, good, buddy. What can I do for you? Uh, well, I uh, I believe my phone number is being spoofed by a call centre. Whether it's uh, nefarious purposes or not, I don't know. But I've uh, recently started to get a bunch of um, uh, people ringing me saying, hey, you just called, you just called. And, and they're legitimate people, lots of older people, uh, uh, lots of voicemails, lots of all that sort of stuff. So um, uh, I'm really um, have no idea what to do. Shoot, man, I'm not even sure there is anything you can do. I mean, the thing is, spoofing is—it's not in any way a hack of your account or anything like that, right? Imagine, you know, and let's—we can all kind of imagine who they are. But anyway, let's just imagine a person who's pulling off these scams, sitting at a computer, going, "Right, we're going to start making some calls today." Uh, they just type in a phone number, like. They may ring you once to check that it's a real phone number, but other than that, they do nothing. Um, they're not in any way compromising your account. 
<clears throat> I think that's the good thing in, in a sense is that your account's not been compromised in any way. But the bad thing is they've just typed a number and they've made calls. Now, normally they move on. Normally they they make the calls, have a day with it and then move on. But you're saying it's happened over different periods, over a long period of time? Yeah, it actually happened probably um, two months ago. Then I was away for a little bit overseas. So uh, I don't know whether that coincides. And it's just happened again uh, literally last week. Um, just a bunch of calls, continually random calls that I'm getting from people having had missed calls from someone using my number. Man, that uh, that's horrible because the thing is, so I'm the kind of person that I go, I don't really care because do I answer my phone a lot? Probably not. Um, most of the time, if I don't know the number, I respond with a text. And so I'm happy to have a text conversation with someone who got a return phone call from me. I just tell them, sorry, it's not me or whatever. Or I just say wrong number. But if you if you need your phone, like if you're a salesperson or you're on the road, then it's going to continue to be frustrating because you need to keep answering those calls. But honestly, mate, I don't think there's anything you do because you could call a telco and the telcos have had luck in stopping the spoofing. Have you spoken to your telco? Yeah, so good question. Um, I, I so I you know trying to Google options of what to do. Yep. Um, uh, I registered on ACSC's website to to say it was a spoofing um, uh, hack. Uh, I also I'm currently my mobile's with uh, Vodafone TPG, so registered with them. They have no idea what to do. Yep. Um, so. So really, it's it's everyone acknowledging that there's not much you can do. Yeah, and that that's, mate, isn't that horrible? Like I feel bad. Like normally, I like to give people good news and I like to solve problems, but in in reality, I mean, I, so here's what I am going to do. I'm going to take this call and your mobile number, if you don't mind, if you give me consent, and I will I will yeah. talk to Vodafone on your behalf. Um, but in reality, you've done that as a customer. I can't imagine they're going to they're going to do anything different. But they do. They have talked a little bit about some anti-spam stuff they've been doing. So I wonder whether there's anything they can do um, about the spoofing for you. At the very least, to stop it happening again. Um, they probably can't do it outside of their network, but what they might be able to do is make sure that no other Vodafone customers are victims of spoofs from you, if you know what I mean. Um, I yeah. remember I was at Optus and they were talking about how they're able to control what happens within their network a lot better. And I thought to myself, well, why don't we all three telcos work together a bit on that so that you can each flag where – like, here's the thing. I'm a Vodafone customer, right? If you're if, if a Telstra customer got a phone call from my mobile number and it didn't originate from the Vodafone network, just block it. Like, it's not me. So it's actually really quite simple. Have you ever used If This Then That, the Smart Things application? Yeah. It, like, it's that. It's like if the number is this – and, and their home network is that, then is if the originating network of this call is not that network, just block the call. I, I honestly yeah. don't understand how we don't have that in place. And that, that maybe is what we need to be arguing for and pushing for a little bit more. So, look, no, no simple answer to your question other than, I'm sorry, mate, it's, it's a rubbish situation. They normally move on, so I hope they do. But let's let's ask the question of TPG Vodafone as to whether there's anything they can do to at least block calls on their network from uh, people that aren't on their network in using your number. Yeah, that'd be good. Look, it's a shame that uh, the telcos don't stand up and actually lead the way here because, you know, as you said, they don't verify phone numbers. 
and therefore it opens themselves to having this type of spoofing and whether whether you can reverse spoof the other way and and start in, uh, being the imposter in the in the man in the middle sort of attacks is is a real concern so uh yeah it's a shame that they don't stand up and they all talk around what they're doing on on you know cybersecurity and this is just another means of uh of being dodgy ID. Well, I'll give you a one reason it won't work. It's not easy for them. <clears throat> it just dawned on me. Uh, a scammer is a smart, right? And they, and they work hard. Maybe a scammer is able to work out that, you know, this Raymond, this number we've got, they don't know who you are. They know this number is actually a Vodafone number. Maybe there's a way of working that out. All they've got to do is get a Vodafone SIM to originate the calls and then spoof your number from within the Vodafone network and then our whole theory is busted. Or maybe yeah. I've maybe I've just given the scammers the answer to their problem. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the bottom line is, mate, it's not easy, and I wish I wish it wasn't happening to you, and I hope it s- slows down at the very least. Yeah, thank you. Uh, look, uh, the one thing I'll say to to your point on on the solution is any friction you add in the path of of one of the scammers, etc., just means that they go somewhere else. So you know maybe there are some hurdles that we can. We can, as the industry should be standing up and, and solving this problem. And I would argue that what we need to agree and we need to tell the telcos as customers is we're okay with friction too because we need to accept, and this goes to the banking thing, you know, all this pay ID and, and, and transfers of money and stuff. A lot of the scams happen because the money is transferred and it's minutes later that the person realized they were scammed, but the money's gone because we live in this yeah. amazingly instant world. But maybe we need a bit more friction. And, and that friction, if we created that friction as a society in Australia, Australia would become less of a target because the scammers, as you say, would go, oh, man, it's too, too much of a pain. So we need to accept the friction as customers as well, I think. I agree. I agree. Well, you will because you've been a victim of it. I mean, let's be real. All right, mate. Yes, well, fortunately, I'm not on the other side because, uh, you know, there have been people who have been calling quite distressed and, yeah. and that's a shame to... Uh, have have that happen and you don't know whether whether they're using your number for you know those types of services and or or scams so do, do they believe you, know, you? When, when you tell people that it's not you and it was a scam and it's not you do they believe you or is it hard sometimes to convince them so i'm a bit similar to you if i don't recognize the number i rarely answer but there's yeah. been a few that i've had to because they've been persistent in calling back and I had one old uh, lady um, and she was quite angry at me. And I said, look, please, I'm, I'm quite happy for you to report this number. Uh, I have no issue. If you want to go to the police, go to the police because someone is pretending to be me and it's not me. And she's like, well, no, you, someone's asking me for money. I'm like, please. And then I actually took a moment to say, hey, I'm, I'm, please take my advice on this one. Never share your number, your details, your yeah. bank accounts. Yeah. I don't care who calls. Even if they say they're from the bank, um, don't ever share any details. And yes, please complain about this number calling you. Yeah, good call. It's the best you can do. Yeah, as weird as it is, uh, it's, uh, it's the best you can do. It's like calling police to your own address. Yeah, yeah. All right, Raymond. Sorry, buddy. And hopefully uh, things pick up on uh, on the mobile phone front for you. No worries. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate oh, the help. Good on you, mate. That's tough. And isn't that interesting? I'm like, we, we ca- I came up with a solution and then I ruined the solution. Um, and, and that's the thing. Imagine being on the other side of all this stuff that we're – I got one yesterday and I normally, <laughs> normally stay on the line. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Visa 
and I'd had a $300 eBay charge and something else. And I pressed one, and then it said the exact same message again, which normally would people hang, people hang up on. Anyway, I pressed one again. And I got to a Visa security team, and I, I said, hello. He goes, how can I help you? I went, you called me. And he just hung up. I'm thinking, you're a really bad scammer. Or other than that, they can just tell from my tone. But, um, you know, that's the problem is the next part of that scam is to get your Visa number or get your Visa login or your bank login. Like, this is the scam, folks. And, and that was from a mobile number. So someone's mobile number was used for that scam. That's sad. Anyway, let me know what's happening in your world if you've got scams happening to you. Let's talk about it. EFTM.com. Click Ask Trev. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, I think I mentioned this on Threads. Yeah, I'm sticking it out. Threads, I'm sticking it out. You know what I'm trying to do? Oh, it's hard. I'm trying not to engage on Twitter. I'm also absolutely not calling it by its new name. Um, I'm trying real hard not to actively initiate a, uh, a conversation on Twitter. Now, I broke that rule uh, early this week when Millionaire was axed and I, I posted that I was sad about that. I got some engagement. Oh, I don't mind. That was a good, good to have a chat. I'm happy to reply to people on, on Twitter. So I, I mentioned something to Lee Diffie the other day about the – uh, about the indie cars. I also happy to retweet really cool things like a MLB video. I did post from a movie premiere, but kind of, uh, let's be real. Okay. That's an influencer style thing, right? You get invited to a premiere. You kind of not obliged to, but they say, you know, use this hashtag. So I thought I'd acknowledge the fact that my son enjoyed the show, etc. Um, yeah, but I'm not doing much else. I mean, I think if there was a graph, it'd show my usage of Twitter is down. Anyway, I was on threads. I digress. And I said this, and it's interesting. I used to be as a kid, I this is a really weird thing, and my daughter does it now. We'd rearrange your room. My daughter will clean a room and she'll not just clean a room, she'll move everything. The bed's on the other side of the room. And I said to her once, I said, I don't have a problem, Bubs. I really don't. I said, but you know, when I used to do it, I'd be way more anal about it. I would measure the room, I would measure the furniture, I would cut out to scale pieces of paper and I would kind of lay it out and like see how it worked. The other day I was trying to find like, you know, SketchUp or some something like that, but it all comes with like generic furniture and things and I couldn't find a way to do it. If someone knows a way to really easily, and I mean really easily, uh, organize a three-dimensional set of objects on, on an app. Uh, so let's say you, you can design a room that's not just one square or rectangular shape, it might be oblong. And you can place pieces of objects, just you know, dimensions, just width, height, and length, maybe, uh, and depth. Um, if you could just place them around the room, oh, I'd love that. Because right now I'm playing, I'm toying, toying with an idea here for the EFTM office. So for those of you that have spent too long analysing the videos I make, there's kind of three parts of the office. There's where the desks and the kitchen and the toilet is, which is kind of on one side of the room. And the other side of the room is split in half. It's the lounge room you see on the Today Show. And then it's just a bunch of mess, which was originally set up as like where the podcast would be. It's, uh, it's acoustic foam and everything on the walls. It's where the sim is and everything now. Now, in reality, I don't need two desks. I don't need two computers. But I, what I'm thinking of doing is, is putting the two desks here at the front. of. So when you walk up the stairs, it's just there. There's two desks on an L shape. And I can put two computers side. And so I can swing from one to the other easily, right? They don't have to be side-by-side desks. That'll free up space to bring the sim back over here and uh, hopefully open up the, the corner of, of the room. And 
I haven't spoken to Stephen about this yet, but I'm considering considering moving to a video format for two blokes and movies and the new show we do and stuff like that. I'm considering it because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like the growth in podcasts is probably really in video. And I'm, I'm late to that party. I get that. But I don't think it's a missed train. I think if we started having content, it would work. Um, and I think that needs a set. It doesn't, it's not just me and Stephen sitting on the couch. I think that is lame to just simply, I don't know, just video what we do now. I think we need to take it seriously. So I'm thinking about building a set with a nice big desk and a TV in it for graphics and, you know, just a nice look. Um, so that, and that corner of the room could be that permanently. I could leave the, leave everything set up permanently for it. But yeah, so that's, I digress as to why I'm talking, but I, I need, I need a way, cause these desks and everything, they're heavy. The Peloton, that thing can't be moved. It's enormous, but I wouldn't, I wonder if it should be moved. So I need a little app or something that I can design the room and then, you know, whether it's on an iPad or something, I can just move stuff around and go, oh, that works. You know, that's good. That, that works there. I think that'd be fun before I actually physically move anything. Anyway, that's all. That's what's happening in my world. I'm trying to make ends meet and uh, rearrange the office. That's how we roll. Uh, two Blokes Talking Tech this week. Uh, lots of tech news. And, of course, the movie podcast this week is me. I am bringing Cars movie from 2006 to Stephen Fennick. It's not the first time he's seen it, but certainly hasn't seen it as many times as I have. And I can't wait. Ka-chow. See you, folks. Talk to you next week.